top-notch content. Authentic Avenue is a really enjoyable listen. Adam Connor is bringing relevant content from big-name brands with an energy that is infectious. All in all, the show has a truly authentic feel, that being a recent review from Jay Peters 1905 on Apple. Thank you so much. And if you, the listener, like this and want to leave your own review, I'll read it right here at the top of the show. And without further ado, on with this one. If you're like me, you followed the results of the elections in the United States over the last week pretty closely. And no matter what side you are on, it was a bit of a nail-biter at times. And as we seek now to find ways to bring communities together... I've got two founders who are doing just that. So let's get on with this authentic avenue. Cutie Nails, a glam brand and the first recipient of the TL Effect grant brought about by an initiative from Third Love. Today, you'll meet the founders and CEOs of both brands, Era Sims from Cutie and Heidi Zack from Third Love. And the word for today to keep in mind is inclusivity. We'll talk with both of these founders about how they inject that and authenticity into their brands, the strange reasons why some brands who don't prioritize it still seem to survive, and finally advice as to how you may inject inclusivity into the way that you do business and go to market. It's a double feature today and a fantastic example of how we can be helping each other out, especially in communities of color. So sit back and get ready to polish off today's podcast as I get real with Ara Sims and Heidi Zack. Today I get to talk with a founder I've spoken with before and someone who that founder is helping out in the community today through something called the TL Effect. Please welcome to the show from Third Love, Heidi Zack, and from QT, Ara Sims. Heidi, Ara, thanks so much for joining me. How are you? Great. Thanks for having me, Adam. I'm good. I'm excited to be here again. It's wonderful to have you both on and to talk a little bit about authenticity broadly, but what it means specifically for your respective brands and what it means for the coming together of your brands through this recent initiative. It's worth noting to the listener that we are recording this interview the day after Election Day. And so it's nice to be able to have a conversation about how we are holding communities up and helping each other out, especially in an environment where that seems to be on the grand stage nationally. But we get to talk about it locally right here. And I want to start off with you, Heidi, about the third love story. I've heard a little bit of this before, but if you would please recount for me and for the first time for our new listeners here on Authentic Avenue, can you recount for me why you founded the brand, why the bra shopping experience for you was such bull and what drove you to found a company in response to that experience? Yeah, sure. So going back in memory lane to 2012, 2013, I was bra shopping and doing what I had done for most of my adult life, which was going to a Victoria's Secret physical store to buy a bra. And um, one distinct shopping experience, I literally walked out of the store and took the striped bag and put it into the bag I was carrying because I was so embarrassed to be shopping at this brand that I didn't think represented who I was as a woman. And that was really the aha moment for, for me to say, there should be a company and a brand that really understands and markets to women that offers better product and just an easier shopping experience, preferably online. And that was really the genesis of Third Love as as we know it today. So you have that experience. You decide I'm going to found this brand that is more inclusive. That's a word I will bring up again a little bit later in this interview. 
and you've done a few things that are uh, new, exciting, important, and helpful to the community. One of which, which I talked about briefly with you in a past life, but I want to review here again because it is the crux of today's conversation. Can you tell me what the TL effect is and why it's important to you? And then, of course, I want to talk about why we have a second guest here. So could you start with the effect for me? Yeah, absolutely. So earlier this year in kind of May, June timeframe with all of the social unrest that was really bubbling up, we came together as a company to really say, um, you know, what are we going to do internally, you know, at Third Love to further um, develop our diversity and inclusion strategies? And then what are we going to do externally to help support um, the community at large? And um, the idea for TL Effect was really something that came to me one night, actually, as I was going to sleep. I was kind of like, I have this idea. And I I jotted down a few bullet points and I sent it to a few of the team members at Third Love and they wrote back and they're like, that that sounds great. I, you know, I think that's just really, really aligned, right, with our brand. And so the idea for TL Effect was to create a program that supported another female founder of color um, and that encouraged her and helped her on her journey in entrepreneurship. And why that was a really good tie to Third Love is that Third Love, we seek to help women feel comfortable and confident in their everyday lives. Um, and to build, we want to build a, a, you know, a business that really represents um, what what the landscape of women looks like, regardless of age, color, size, et cetera. And, um, and so this program is really unique, I think, in the way that one, it's a way for both me to participate um, directly with, you know, meeting with ERA and um, trying to help her as much as I can. And then also the third team um, as well to help mentor her in certain areas. And then the last thing I'll say is that it's also an, a, a way for us using our platform and, you know, the, the followers that we have um, to really promote uh, another company and um, just help build a brand because that's what's really hard in the early days of building a company. The question that I get the most from every founder is, "How do I get more people to know me? Right, know me, know my brand." And 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 that's something that we seek. We're seeking to um, you know help propel Aaron and Cutie Nails. And I want to now get to uh, Era and Cutie. First off, Era, congratulations. For Thank being you. the recipient, I uh, I'm I'm thrilled for you. I'm sure you're thrilled as well. How did it feel when you got the call? How did it work? I mean, was that what was what was that whole thing like? I didn't apply for this, so I wasn't eligible for this. But you were, you went through it. So what was that all like? Um, must have been thrilling. Yeah, you know, to say the least, uh, it was a very interesting process. There were about three steps: um, the application process, the interview process, and the final call. And uh, it was very interesting because I had never been through something like this, especially uh, during a pandemic. <laughs> but, you know, I, I was really committed to the process. I was really committed to the program. And um, I was really excited when I got that call. You know, during the process, I met Heidi and Veronique and uh, Courtney. And we had um, a pretty good conversation about the goals of my brand and what we do. And so when Courtney called me uh, during that final step to let me know that I was the winner, I I was nervous. I was excited. It was exhilarating. I was honored. It was just a real, a real mix of emotions. But ultimately, it's one of the best things I've ever done. I'm so grateful to Third Love um, as a result. I can only imagine, especially 
given uh, the gravitas that this year has provided um, or perhaps served as a burden to entrepreneurs, business owners all over the place um, that it was, I don't know, I mean, I don't know, I want to call it a saving grace for you, but certainly a, a huge boon and ability to get yourself out there as Heidi just Heidi just mentioned. Can you tell us more about QT? What What is it all about? Um, and then we'll get more into the partnership itself. Sure. So QT, our brand is a direct-to-consumer nail art company. And what we do is we manufacture peel and press nail polish. So it's really beneficial, um, you know, during COVID uh, and anyone looking to easily apply nail art. Um, a lot of times when women go to salons, you know, they spend a lot of money and a lot of time getting very elaborate and expensive designs done. And um, our products are a way to kind of evade that. You know, they apply really quickly in a couple of seconds. You can have a very professional looking manicure that's the same quality uh, and made from the same ingredients that you would find at your local salon. So um, that's kind of a little bit about the product. And as far as the company, you know, we're really purpose driven. Um, we're not your traditional beauty brand. I really pride myself on exploring the intersection between beauty and purpose. And, um, you know, as evidence with our Vote 2020 collection, that's a good example of how we are trying to broaden the conversation around self-expression, as well as, um, you know, not just keeping it, quote unquote, superficial as the beauty industry is traditionally known as. And of course, from a pure product perspective, I would assume that this year provided an interesting use case uh, for QD because, well, I'm guessing folks went to the salon less. They, they needed some sort of alternative. And there is, of course, a certain um, desire to do something nice for yourself, especially when you're, 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 you're holed up at home. Um, and this partnership now means, of course, that you'll have a much broader base to tell that story. I'd love to hear from the both of you on what this partnership now means for you going forward and how you hope to grow through it. And, and maybe within that, talk uh, to me a little bit, Heidi, about what it means now to have Cutie as part of your lineup, essentially uh, for the first time bringing in somebody that's not third love to grow the brands together. I'd, I'd like to hear a little bit about that, but uh, perhaps as a detail of the broader importance of what the partnership means to you both. Yeah, I can take that one first. I mean, I think what's really exciting um, is that this is Era's the first winner, right? She's the first winner um, of the TL effect. It's our first time doing this. And we're learning along the way and we're exploring, you know, the best ways to help support her. And so um, that, that's always really exciting to me to, to be trying new things. And one of the ideas we came up with was actually um, purchasing um, one of her styles and putting it on the Third Love website. And we've never done that before. We've never sold another brand. We've never sort of had that kind of add-on purchase. And so I'm really excited to be actually doing that for the first time and even more excited to be doing it um, with our TL recipient winner. So I think that's been um, just a really interesting way to help support this partnership and and um, and hopefully get more, you know, get more eyeballs on her product for the holidays. Especially with the holiday season coming up, that seems to be uh, really important. Era, what are you most excited about in terms of what this partnership means to you now going forward and how you'll be able to, to grow through it? Yeah, I am beyond excited about this partnership. And to be honest, it exceeded my wildest expectations. <laughs> you know, when I heard that Third Love was offering mentorship and access to resources, I honestly thought, oh, that's nice. It'll be maybe a sprinkle here, a sprinkle there, maybe a few hours. But I have to really be honest. They have really opened their doors to me. And I've been so touched, moved, and inspired 
by their commitment and, um, you know, their dedication to my success and growth. So I am beyond honored that they picked me as their inaugural recipient. Um, I am beyond grateful because I've had access to um, about six mentors right now uh, in various functional departments in areas like marketing, branding, merchandising. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's just really been amazing. I've even been on calls with Heidi and she's been, you know, so incredible with being generous with her time. And, um, you know, I'm just really looking forward to growing my brand. I'm looking forward to learning more. You know, Third Love is a successful company. And I'm really honored and privileged to learn tactics and techniques that I can apply to my business and hopefully one day pay it forward to other women and people of color as well. Well, hopefully that's something you'll be able to do. I'm sure you will. And for now, it's it's great to hear about how you're being included here and mentored along the way. Uh, related word to that, inclusivity. I said I'd bring that up later in the interview. And, and here we are. Obviously, it is and should be a, a priority, a commercial priority, a strategic priority for every brand worth a damn these days. <laughs> I, I'd like to get perhaps your collective take on uh, on perhaps this question. Heidi, you might know this from the founding story uh, uh, of, of Third Love. And Ara, you might know this from perhaps your story as well, whether founding or otherwise. How come brands who don't prioritize inclusivity, whether it be in their lineups of their products or otherwise, continue to survive these days, sometimes even to grow? I mean, that seems counterintuitive when uh, we think about how important that word has become. And yet, brands sometimes slip through the cracks in the wrong way. Can you help me wrap my brain around that? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think it's interesting because we have come a long way. So I think it's very easy. It's very natural in human nature. And I do this myself to it's never good enough. There's always more work to be done. And that's why progress is constantly being made. But I will say, if I reflect back to 2012, 2013, starting Third Love to today in 2020, I would say there, the idea of and and the prevalence of inclusivity has become more of the norm. Absolutely. So I do think we've made a lot of progress. However, what I see is that there can be talk of inclusivity, but then the real question is, are you actually inclusive as a company, as a brand? And I think that's to me where the disconnect is more, meaning you can say you're inclusive, but are you truly inclusive? And by that, I mean, you know, do you have the size range? Do you have um, potentially different shades of your product, um, depending what it is? Um, are you an inclusive uh, work environment? Um, and 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 are you really striving to educate yourself and make positive change in the world? And so I, that being said, I do think there's been a lot of progress. I would say in the bra market in particular, um, inclusivity today to me has become table stakes, meaning if you can't present um, an inclusive brand to your customer, you're not going to have much of a brand. So um, even the evolution of Victoria's Secret, um, I think you see it through that lens and and they are changing and maybe at a slower pace, but they're, they're absolutely changing. I was hoping, Ara, you might be able to uh, explain this a little bit as well. Obviously, inclusivity has to be something that's been on your mind. I don't know if it uh, was um, essential to the founding of the brand or maybe it was, uh, but I'd be curious to hear your take on perhaps what consumers need to be continually educated on um, now that the tides seem to be turning. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, as a black woman and person of color, inclusivity is very important to me. Representation is very important to me. 
And I think it's important, not just because I'm a minority, but because diversity is beautiful. You know, it's interesting. It's, um, you know, uh, something that I think gives consumers and, and people an opportunity to learn. And I think traditionally, you know, people and businesses have been creatures of habit. You know, um, if it's not broke, don't fix it. You know, at the end of the day, a lot of companies were still turning a profit. So there wasn't really a need to change the model. But I think that with the evolution of business and culture and society, customers are demanding to be, um, you know, represented in their product. And for our brand, um, you know, as a person who's very much rooted in um, activism and inclusivity, uh, I definitely felt that that was very important to create that um, aspect and include it in our business. So I think that's one of um, that's why one of our cornerstones is self-expression and um, truly kind of opening up the space to be reflective of all types of demographics and all types of people, um, because I know how important inclusivity is. Of course, and I'm I, I'm I'm so glad uh, that you'll be able to provide some of that education yourself. Hopefully, through this uh, partnership. Perhaps some of that will come to the forefront as well. I'm curious now to ask the ways in which brands who are doing it right are doing it. Those who are embracing inclusivity as a strategic priority and are growing as a result. How do you think inclusive brands can show up the most, and to use the A word naming this show, authentically (laughs) to their consumers? Is it the way in which they communicate with them? Is it the way in which they invest in education? Is it the way in which they treat their employees? or something else. Typically on this show, I ask folks what their personal avenues to authenticity are. And for the purposes of this, perhaps I'll broaden it beyond just your brands, though I am curious to hear that take as well, but also when it comes to brands who are focusing on inclusivity specifically. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it really boils down to um, really understanding what makes you, your brand unique in the market and for every company, how inclusivity is part of their strategy is going to be different. Um, And to be authentic, you actually have to take the time. And this is what we actually did at Third Love to interview and survey our team and really understand what they thought we were doing well, where we could invest more resources and time. And then our leadership team as well, spending a lot of time really understanding what does inclusivity mean to them? What does that mean to them when they think of third love and why they're here? Um, And so I'm using us as an example because I think it's really important that all leaders ask that of their teams themselves and their leadership team to create and understand how they can impact both internal and external. Because without that, if you're just trying to like, quote unquote, check the box, right? And, oh, yes, we have diverse hiring practices. Oh, yes, our marketing is diverse um, or inclusive it becomes evident that you're just checking a box, right? And um, and so I, I'm thinking of, of an example that's actually outside of consumer. It's a woman I know who runs a recruiting company. And it was really interesting because when all of this was happening, she was sort of um, trying to unpack how her company would play into um, what was going on in the ecosystem. And then she really realized she had this immense opportunity to kind of guide her recruiting firm in a different way and really, really focus on um, hiring practices and educating the company she works with and increasing her pipeline of diverse candidates. So every company, whether it's a B2B brand or B2C, regardless of the sector, has ways to be authentically inclusive. Um, But you got to figure out what that right point is for, for you. 
And Era, I don't know if you have anything to add on your side about how, how you think about it as well. Yeah, I, I think, Heidi, you hit it on the head. Um, you know, I think one of the first key steps is to be receptive, honest, and open. And I think that Heidi absolutely did the right thing, as well as a lot of other companies who are interested in kind of being more inclusive. You have to have the dialogue. You have to have the conversation that begins by asking. You know, um, I think one of the beautiful things about authenticity is holding the space for vulnerability, you know, and vulnerability is sometimes saying like, I'm open, I don't know everything, but I'm willing to learn. And I think that if more companies can't adopt that mindset and just be open to another opinion or idea or another way to stretch their business and grow or tap into the consumer, I think, you know, it's funny, a lot of companies are already doing that in a lot of other facets of their business. But when it comes to inclusivity and diversity, um, I understand we have a lot further to go, but it's not a far stretch to start applying those successful business practices and models from other areas to just, you know, apply them to this particular area as well. You know, because at the end of the day, it's, it's funny because inclusivity sounds like this thing, but really it's just widening, um, you know, the, the acceptance for more people. That's all. <laughs> totally. It doesn't seem that hard when you just put it like that. Yet <laughs> it, 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 for whatever reason... And this is what I've experienced as a perhaps ignorant observer in the beauty space, but as an observer of brands in general, um, I see a whole lot of box checking. Mm. You know, uh, you take a look at, um, oh, I'm going to forget the name, but you both are going to know the name of this. Uh-huh. Oh, put, was it put up or shut up? What was the Instagram profile that went down the block of beauty brands and said, you're not being representative enough? Yeah, it, was, oh, it was put I'm, up or shut up or stand up or yes, yes. That's that's right. You know, I think I think about that, and that was a great that was a great. And I, I, listeners, I'll, I'll link this somewhere in the show notes. And I've I've referenced this before. In fact, I referenced this with Evolution of Smooth in a launch episode of this show two months ago. But to um, I think about that, but there's still a heck of a lot of box checking uh-huh. and education investments that perhaps need to be uh, further made that are not. And um, well, I certainly don't know how to do that. I, I'm not the arbiter of a brand that does that or can do that because I don't have a brand. But I have two founders here for whom or from whom I can ask some advice. That's how I'll round out the conversation today because there are plenty of folks, whether they are planning to be the second winner of the TL effect or whether they are planning or currently building a brand of their own based on their own experiences and based on the the desire to make consumers' lives easier or better in any way and who have inclusivity top of mind. How would you advise that they seek to find their personal truth and the avenues through which to manifest it based on your stories or specific points in your experience, how could you advise them? And of course, if it comes back to, it's not hard, it's just opening up your ears, that's fine too. But I'd be curious to get those pieces of advice from you as we round out the conversation today. So I think the the most important thing as you're starting a company or a brand is to really be passionate about what you're doing and how you're changing the world. And one of the things that absolutely came through loud and clear in ERA's application, and then in particular in the video interview we did with her, was her passion and her energy and her enthusiasm for what she's building. And and you you can't fake that. You cannot fake excitement and enthusiasm. So find something that will allow you to have that kind of enthusiasm because you'll need it as you build your company. Yeah, I would completely agree with Heidi. Um, (laughs) I personally, I find that um, being an entrepreneur is one of the most 
difficult yet rewarding things I've ever done in my life. Every day I wake up and I ask myself, why? And yes, you know, like, like that's what comes to mind. Like, why am I doing this? And yes, let's keep doing it with all the love and fervor possible. <laughs> and I guess I would say my um, advice to anyone who's seeking to maybe apply to the TL effect or, um, you know, maybe kind of embark on a similar journey. I, like I said, I would agree with Heidi, definitely be passionate, definitely be committed and um, also have a little bit of faith. You know, a lot of times entrepreneurs are told no way more often than they're told yes. And a lot of times you find yourself just walking in the dark of uncertainty. And the only thing that sometimes keeps you alive and keeps things right is your own self. You know, it's, it's that passion within yourself. So if you're able to kind of tap into, you know, what's driving you and be clear um, I think honesty helps, you know, just being honest with yourself about why you're doing what you're doing, um, as well as, you know, what are, what are your objectives for the brand? And as long as you can stay clear about those things and tune out the noise, I think that um, you can build a really strong and powerful brand. And that's what I'm hoping I'm doing. You know, I mean, I don't know yet. I, this is a journey. It's a process, just like Heidi said. But every day that I wake up, I'm committed to making this the most successful endeavor I can, um, I can you know, do. Well, it seems apparent that you are on the right path now and will continue to be uh, in part, in large part, via the TL effect. Uh, I'm so glad to have gotten both of your perspectives. I can't wait to see how that partnership flourishes. So uh, to you, Heidi Zach, and to you, Ara Sims, thank you so much for joining the show today. It was a pleasure to hear from you. Thank you, Adam. Thank you. I do hope to see more partnerships like this in the future, not just from Third Love, but from any brand attempting to be more inclusive. we got to support each other now more than ever. Thanks, Era and Heidi, and thanks to you, the listener, for tuning in today. If you liked it, be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen. If you do it on Apple Podcasts, I'll read it off right here at the top of the show. And of course, you can find me on social, LinkedIn, pretty heavy there, Authentic Avenue or Adam Connor. I'm there personally. I'll mess around on TikTok at Authentic Adam. And of course, as always, by email, adam at authenticavenuemedia.com. Shoot me a note. Tell me what you're thinking so far. This has been your host, Adam Connor, saying until I get real again with you, thanks for taking a walk with me down Authentic Avenue.